Diana, and I love printing and design, typography and branding, books and publishing. I've traveled the world learning about trends to share with my students and with my readers. But I haven't forgotten where I started, writing papers about paper on paper. And now, I've created a podcast to share what I know with you. So, let's talk paper scissors. As the series about what's at the intersection of listening and creativity comes to an end, I'm sharing the soundtrack that has been layered underneath each day's early start for me this spring season as I've been working on the writing and editing and producing of this podcast series. I have thoroughly enjoyed listening to and learning from the 11 guests, their multidisciplinary understanding of the who, what, when, where, why, and how of listening has opened my eyes to new ways of thinking. I plan to translate these new ideas into action in both my personal and professional lives. In today's final episode, we hear from Dr. Christine Wozniak, a chiropractor and acupuncturist who understands the intimate relationship between stretching our bodies and improving our ability to listen through the process of attunement. In our conversation, Christine explains what attunement is, how to achieve it through the act of stretching, and how it can positively impact our ability to listen. Like our interconnected bodies themselves, this episode helps us understand the links that exist between mind, body, and creativity. Um, I'm a chiropractor and an acupuncturist. Um, I've been practicing, uh, I'm I don't want to sound old, but for over 25 years, um, I graduated from McMaster in Hamilton and I have a degree from um, the Canadian Memorial Chiropractic College in Toronto. Um, I also studied acupuncture in Toronto, you know, in Chinatown and studied um, in Beijing. I run now a multidisciplinary family-based healthcare center in the heart of the Markham Village. Um, And we have services like acupuncture, chiropractic, massage, uh, naturopath, and the newest addition is osteopathy. Uh, our focus really is on helping patients um, heal and be healthy, both physically and mentally. Uh, we really try to, you know, teach our patients uh, by leading by example um, and having those kinds of healthy lifestyles ourselves. Um, aside from that, I'm also a mother. I'm a wife. I'm involved in, you know, community volunteer work. And um, I love dogs, I love yoga, and I love the outdoors. So that's me in a nutshell. (laughs) That is a great nutshell. I absolutely appreciate the work that you and your team do. And I am excited to get into this conversation today about attunement. So let's let's start right there. What is attunement? Yes, and that's uh, really easy to answer because it's exactly how it sounds. So it's basically to be in touch or becoming aware of your mind and your body, having 100% present time consciousness to be present in the moment and be aware of that. So, you know, we can choose to tune in with people, but we can also choose to tune into different, you know, situations in life. And so I know you're probably very familiar with the mind-body connection, because that's uh, such a big topic now, right? 
Um, and I guess even with COVID, our mental health, being in, in touch with how we're feeling, right? So, you know, being in tune, doing things that are, you know, that we're in tune with can really bring uh, peace and really tranquility to our, you know, to our emotions. And this really helps us to reduce stress. In life, we need to really, I guess we need to be cognizant of what we're tuning into. So just as we have like positive things that we can tune into that really improve our health and improve our lives, we also need to be cognizant that we can tune into things that are also negative. So we need to make a conscious choice to attune or tune into things um, so that we have positive effects on our health. And that makes a heck of a lot of sense to me, but I think sometimes easier said than done. Yeah, <laughs> Certainly. For, for sure. I mean, look at everything that's going on in the world today. Um, it can be overwhelming for people, which is, again, why we're having such a big mental health crisis right now, right? Now, how does your work and specifically stretching help with attunement? So that's a really, a really great question because stretching um, helps us slow down and use our senses to really look, listen, and feel um, really what our body's telling us. So we all know that we all need to slow down. So when you practice stretching daily, um, it allows you to be in touch with how your body's feeling. And then when you practice stretching or attunement regularly, it really becomes second nature. And you can use this skill then in different aspects of your life to really push yourself and to improve your physical and mental health. Now, I come from a dance background, and as do you, yeah. and as do your your uh, kids. So I I always remember going through this motion of, of course, stre- stretching before and warming up before a class. And I always, I mean, it was such a, a, an important part. It is such an important part of a dance class. And I always felt better after doing that. I mean, in thinking about like a maybe not necessarily as specific as a dance stretching warm up but is there like is there a length of time we should be stretching for every day is there a sequence through which we should be stretching just any any thoughts about like specific action steps for how we can stretch well i think that it really it really depends on a, a lot of factors like you know what what's your job what's your what's your pre-existing health you know what's your activity level so, um, and what, and then what are your goals? What are your goals of stretching? So we already know that stretching, um, improves the, you know, the blood flow, uh, to the muscles and to the joints. We know that that's going to improve nutrition. We know that stretching increases serotonin, which helps our mood and the way we feel and reduces stress. So I think, um, once we start to look at, um, you know, our, our job, our overall health and what our goals are, then we can kind of determine um, what, what kind of program or what plan is best for us. So, you know, that kind of leads into the question that you were talking about, which was if there's any specific body parts that should be stretched, you know, to help with attunement. And I, the question, the answer really is it depends. And I would say that most of us are sitting at computers, right. For most of the day, or we're otherwise yes. we're like on a device bend forward. Right. So, yes. <laughs> you know, if we had unlimited amounts of time, 
I would tell patients to do an overall stretching program. I'm a huge lover of yoga, hot yoga, one of my favorite. So I would love to see everybody in an overall exercise and stretching program, but that's not always possible. And that's not everybody's love is yoga. So I would tell patients or people to just generally focus on, you know, muscles that are affected by stress and sitting at a computer, you know, so if we think of um, muscles on the front of our neck, like our scalenes, right? Or if we think of, you know, muscles across our chest that get tightened up when we bend forward, our pec muscles or our chest muscles, or, you know, our hip flexors, if we put our hands across our kind of our groin area, those muscles are our psoas. So things that get shortened when we sit for long periods of time, those are the things that I would focus on stretching. And the length of time, you know, I would say it's lovely to be able to stretch twice a day thoroughly. But if we could get it done once a day properly, that would be that would be great, you know, holding stretches for 30 seconds, minimum, the longer we hold them, the better. Um, But it it depends on everybody's time. And it always amazes me because I too love yoga. I don't get to yoga as much as I probably should or would like to. But when I haven't been doing it for a while, and then I'm in my downward dog, and I'm like, oh, boy, (laughs) oh, it's tight. Oh, it's good. (laughs) Uh, But then I go to maybe uh, another class later that week, and then I'm in a class the week following, and all of a sudden, very quickly, that stretch becomes manageable for me. So it's amazing how our bodies kind of are able to adapt even when we haven't done it for a while. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So your your body, you know, once you you increase the, the, the physical side of things, which is just by, you know, repetitive activity, then the benefits from the mental just naturally fall into place because you're able to focus better, right? Which is what attunement is about, being able to direct your focus into the things that you think are important, right? Now, my next question for you is linking what you do and what we've just spoken about with really the focus of this series, which is the intersection of listening and creativity. So I want to ask you, how does this process of attunement, in your opinion, help with listening? Hmm. So 100% attunement helps with listening because we know that, you know, stretching helps calm the mood, the mind and brings us mental clarity. So these are all things that are necessary to actually be a good listener. You're able to focus more intently, you know, on the, on the, or be present in the moment, you know, so you're training yourself mentally um, to be present in the moment and be aware so that you can kind of listen and tune in. Yeah, I, I completely can see that even again with my kind of <laughs> few and far between yoga classes I'm attending these days. But it's you're right. I mean, that's the whole thing is you're stretching and all of a sudden you feel a bit more clarity and you have no choice but to slow down because you can't have a device in your hand or whatever the case is. It's amazing that that link is really so connected or so so directly um, correlated with one another. Yeah. And when you, when you stretch and even like, even if you, when you've experienced a yoga class, um, oftentimes your mind is not on the yoga class. You're thinking about what did I make? When, when am I making dinner? Mm-hmm. Do I have time to grocery shop? Who's picking up, you know, you know, my kids from activity. You're not, so you're, then you become aware. Oh, I'm not, you, you know, you're not practice. You're, it teaches you to practice emptying your mind so that you have room to focus you know, on the things 
that are important or to listen. And isn't that important? The idea of creating space, both physically and metaphorically for the people around us and for listening to the people around us. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, I'm curious to know, do you think ultimately, so we've been exploring this, again, intersection of listening and creativity across a really diverse range of people in the last 11 episodes, and you are our final episode in this series. So do you think that there is a link between being a good listener and creative output or creative problem solving? Like what lives at the intersection of listening and creativity in your opinion? Well, when you're, where does creativity come from? Right, it's inside you. So sometimes it could be something as simple as having the confidence to, or, or listening to your, what your, you know, what your creativity is telling you and having the confidence to put it out there on paper or on a computer or look at us even now doing a podcast, right? So um, we're listening to our brain, we're listening to our body and what it's telling us. And that kind of skill um, means that you're able to tap in or focus on you know, your creative potential. And so you're basically listening to what your body is telling you and that allows you to kind of tap into your creativity. Yeah, I love the idea of listening to creative intuition. And that I find has helped me a lot during my kind of professional career, my passion projects that I have. I mean, it's just kind of when we have that, those moments of quiet and whether that's a direct result of stretching or not, it's in those moments of quiet that all of a sudden this little, we can, we can kind of hear this little spark and, and start to follow that. So I, I completely agree with what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. And so we need that. We need those moments of quiet and then we need to respect, you know, or listen to what our body's telling us so that we can tap into that. Well, thank you, Christine. It has been a pleasure. I'm sure I'll see you later this week. Okay. <laughs> see you soon. And thank you for sharing your expertise and your insights with us. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Take care, Diana. Your listening invitation for our very last episode in this series is to stretch in a way that feels good for you. Make stretching tight muscles a daily routine to not only feel better physically, but also emotionally, opening ourselves up to receiving what others have to say. In fact, I encourage you to act right now. As you're listening to the final couple of minutes of this episode, stop what you are doing, really, stop wherever you are, and stretch as you listen. In this series, you've heard from a music composer whose calling to create music at the cost of his stable career meant listening to himself just as much as it required listening to the music he creates with others. We've heard from a morning TV show producer whose job it is to both listen to her team as well as listen to the world's news in order to distill it for a Canadian audience. We've heard from an improvisational theater expert who explained what we can learn about the power of listening from the stage. We've heard from a mediator whose job it is to find creative solutions when groups of people are unable to develop solutions themselves. We've heard from a professional jazz vocalist whose job it is to listen deeply to the musicians around her in front of a live audience. 
we've heard from a clinical psychologist, a professional listener, who identified what it means to actively listen and how we can tap into her techniques. We've heard from a former radio show host who embarked on a three-month vow of silence, discovering the truths that emerge when our only choice is to listen. We've heard from a dog trainer and rehabilitation expert who shared what we can learn from dogs about tuning in to subtle energies and nonverbal cues. We've heard from a family lawyer who uses listening in high-stakes situations to better understand how to resolve emotional disputes and use listening as a tool to step back and question why. We've heard from an Emmy award-winning creative strategist, author, and design educator who teaches his students how to listen between the lines to arrive at creative solutions. And we've heard from a chiropractor who helped us understand tapping into listening through our bodies, specifically through the act of stretching. I'd like to finish the seven hours of content over 11 episodes with this excerpt from the final page of Kate Murphy's book, You're Not Listening, What You're Missing and Why It Matters. She says this. Listening is often regarded as talking's meek counterpart, but it is actually the more powerful position in communication. You learn when you listen. It's how you divine truth and detect deception. And though listening requires that you let people have their say, it doesn't mean that you remain forever silent. In fact, how one responds is the measure of a good listener and arguably the measure of a good person. In our fast-paced and frenetic culture, listening is seen as a drag. Conversations unfold slowly and may need to be revisited. Listening takes effort. Understanding and intimacy must be earned. While people often say, I can't talk right now, what they really mean is, I can't listen right now. And for many, it seems that they never get around to it. This, despite what we all want most in life, to understand and be understood, only happens when we slow down and take the time to listen.